The Fed has spoken. Less than 24 hours before this recording, Fed Chair Jerome Powell sent a strong signal to the markets that tapering could begin before the end of the year. What does that mean for markets and investors for the rest of 2021? That's what we'll be discussing on this episode of Markets Extra. And welcome to Markets Extra, the podcast where we discuss what's moving markets and what makes traders tick. My name is Han Tan, Chief Market Analyst of Exinity Group, which operates global brands such as Alpari International and FXTM. And with me is Chief Market Strategist of Exinity Group, Hussein Syed. So, Hussein, I know you were up well past midnight on your TV show doing a live coverage of the Fed's latest announcement. So thank you for waking up on this um, blurry afternoon in the UAE <laughs> and being on this podcast, man. I really appreciate it. So let's start with your biggest takeaway from the Fed meeting, because it seems like markets had these expectations and the Fed essentially delivered on it. Ahan, yes, I think markets, they were just waiting for this uh, hawkish tilt and they did find it yesterday. I think it was even more hawkish uh, than what markets have been expecting, although uh, we didn't see much of a reaction in the markets. If you look at the bottom line from yesterday's FOMC meeting, we now find that the Fed uh, has communicated very well that tapering will arrive very soon. And this is going possibly to be in November if we didn't see any big negative surprise in the economy. And they will continue to do this until maybe June next year. So by end of 2022 or by mid of 2022, this tapering thing will be over and we'll be talking about interest rates. And just to um, assess the market's reaction since that meeting. So you've got a dollar that pretty much remained supported. It didn't climb a leg higher despite the hawkish tilt. You had stocks actually climbing because you would think that with the Fed starting to wind down some of its um, support measures for the markets, stocks might actually uh, go lower. But instead, they actually were able to push through that expected tapering. And the S&P 500 posted its first day of gains in five sessions. And then also, if you look at uh, gold prices, for example, and even treasury yields, they didn't really move much. Now, granted, the bigger moves had happened already earlier in the week. Dollar went up, gold went down. So it appears that you know markets had this expectation that the Fed was going to uh, indeed have that hawkish tilt and looks like they delivered. And it's also interesting that you mentioned the dot plot there, Hussein, because uh, now the dot plot is literally this chart with dots that indicates where each Fed member or rather FOMC member uh, expects US interest rates to be over the coming years. Right now, the big shift, and this is the hawkish tilt that Hussein just mentioned, is that in the June meeting, there were seven FOMC members who thought that uh, rates could actually rise uh, next year. After this meeting, it's now gone up to nine. So that's half of the FOMC members thinks that rates could be hiked by next year. The other half still don't think so. The intriguing thing is this one dot, Hussein, that still 
at the very bottom of that range, even through 2023. So when I looked at the dot plot, you know, I was kind of thinking, who is this ultra dervish person on the FOMC? My money would be it's Chair Powell himself. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think possibly Janet Yellen has joined this meeting uh, <laughs> and then she left back to the Treasury Department. Or, or uh, maybe there's a Mario Draghi <laughs> proxy on the FOMC. Dervish possibly. Draghi. <laughs> possibly. But if you look at this dot chart and, and, and not just from the past projections, even the one before, you can see that these dots continue to go higher. Beginning of the year, they were anticipating uh, interest rates will start to increase by 2024. No one was talking about 2023. And then came the last projections before this one, where we saw two interest rates hikes in 2023. And now we see three for 2023 and one for 2022. So these dots continues to go higher. And it's a sign that the Fed is starting to take inflation into more consideration. Although they continue to mention that inflation is transitory, if you, if you listen properly to Jerome Powell, he didn't mention this transitory thing a lot in his statement. And so there is this risk that inflation will remain higher for longer time than previously anticipated. And even the economic projections do reflect this. If you look at inflation, PC inflation, they think it's 4.2% for 2021. This is a, isn't a big surprise because we've been looking at the CPI, PPI, and all inflation indicators for this year, and it have been surprising to the upside. But even when we look at 2022 and 2023, it's going to remain above the target of 2%, even for 2024, which is the new projections. So there is some kind of risk that inflation will remain high. How higher than anticipated, we still don't know. There's still so many factors affecting inflation. Some of them, yes, they are transitory. There is supply bottlenecks. There are challenges in some emerging markets due to COVID and it's causing some supply disruptions and uh, higher prices. Uh, so I think inflation will be something interesting to, to be watching for the next few months. And it's not just inflation, isn't it? Uh, because Chair Powell consistently mentioned about the developments in the labor market, right? Because he spoke about how some members of the FOMC think that there has been enough of a recovery in the jobs market for them to actually start tapering. Whereas there are others who want to see, you know, perhaps one or two more you know, robust jobs numbers out of the US. I did find it fascinating that Powell himself said that for him personally, um, he doesn't need to see another knockout in the next jobs data, you know, but it's something that's, you know, decent and good and he's okay to throw his weight behind tapering. And so it's not just the inflation picture, but the jobs numbers are certainly very important. And of course, we know the non-farm payrolls, very influential indicator on uh, when the Fed actually starts to uh, make its next Move, eh? So exactly, he's not looking for uh, a robust employment figure when these figures are released. He's just looking for an okay number and jobs. I'm trying to translate this into figures. I don't know where exactly should I put it. Maybe between 400 to 600 thousand jobs could be uh, the benchmark to start the tapering process uh, by November. And uh, unless we get like another uh, 
negative surprise from the jobs. This is when it could be delayed for another month to start the process. But I think we're almost there and the markets have discounted the taper process. So I'm not feeling to see like any kind of correction due to the tapering process, and which is good, which is very good. They learned from the mistakes in 2013. They have orchestrated this very, very well. They've been preparing the market for so many months. Uh, before this process. And as you can just see from the reaction yesterday, the you know tapering is starting in November and everybody is still happy. But, you know, beyond stocks, what do you think the Fed's latest announcement actually means for all these other asset classes? So does it automatically guarantee uh, more dollar gains over the coming years as Mike is trying to price in US rate hikes? And uh, does that translate into more downward pressure for gold prices and perhaps a very... Uh, labored path to the upside for stocks. Is that an outlook that you share that, Hussein? I think you've just mentioned it in terms of uh, the dollar, uh, given that the Fed is one of the major banks that are going to kick off the uh, interest rate hikes uh, next year, if the projections were true, then I think this should give uh, the dollar extra strength. I won't be forecasting for the very long term in currencies because, you know, so many things could change by then. But I think this, at least for the short term, until maybe year end, this could give the, the dollar further strength. Maybe against the euro, we could see $1.15 against the euro, uh, another 100, 100 to 200 uh, pips drop here uh, in the single currency, maybe further strength against the pound and even uh, commodity currencies. Of course, commodity currencies will also depend on what happens in China and commodity prices as well. But there are increasing signs that uh, China's economy is likely to begin to slow down in growth and this should impact these currencies negatively. So in terms of dollar strength, yeah, I think this is the base case uh, scenario. In terms of gold prices, it could be, yes, also negatively impacted, but this will depend also on inflation expectations, on real yields going forward. Are they going to start uh, increasing gradually from here or not? But even if we see a drop in gold, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge one. Um, probably uh, stay above 16.50 for the short to medium term. And especially if yields don't really tick up higher, then perhaps that is supportive for gold prices, given that gold is a zero yielding asset. Eh? Hussein, before I let you go, um, as we consider your outlook for the fourth quarter, right? So we have spoken about tapering potentially happening in November of this year. First rate hike, you know, maybe around end 2022, at least half of the FOMC members think so. Beyond the Fed, what other potential risks could uh, actually be impacting market sentiment or that investors should be wary of before 2021 is over? Do you think it might be the Evergrande situation or the US debt ceiling or perhaps geopolitical risks? What else are you looking out for over the coming months? So you mentioned two of them, Evergrande situation. So far, it seems under control. Uh, I was not just looking at Evergrande stocks and bonds. I was even looking at corporate bonds in general, uh, investment-grade bonds in China. And I don't see them uh, being affected as of now. So it seems well-contained. It seems the government, uh, Chinese government, will take actions to not let this problem spread out. 
Uh, that ceiling, base case scenario remains that they're going to reach into the deadline and then they will find a solution. Maybe they we're going to see a little bit of... Like they always yeah, do. Like always, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, but we, we are likely to see some kind of uh, more volatility as we get closer to this deadline. Uh, the problem is we don't know when is the deadline because we don't know when the Treasury Department will not be able to pay uh, interest or principles on their debt. But this could be somewhere around first week, second week of October. But yeah, a, a kind of solution would be found. But yeah, this is a risk. This is a risk. And even even Powell mentioned that he cannot do anything uh, if, if uh, the U.S. government just defaulted on their debt. Uh, so we will need to be watching this uh, carefully. Uh, what else? I think, uh, you know, hard winter is coming. And we need to see how the virus will evolve with the with winter, uh, especially when you look at the vaccination rate in the U.S. It's not as high as we're seeing somewhere in advanced other advanced economies, especially in Europe. And even the Fed is worried and they think that the trajectory of the economy will depend on the virus. So we have to keep watching infected numbers, hospitalization due to the COVID and death figures from the U.S., this could even give us, uh, I, I think this could be even the, the major risk that we need to look uh, over the next couple of months. You know, I think you've just summed up your Q4 outlook or the risks to Q4 with two D words, Delta and default. Wow. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine a time when Evergrande uh, defaults and you've got the US government that also defaults? I mean, can you imagine that? Because Janet Yellen, uh, who's the Treasury Secretary now, or formerly the Fed Chair, she had mentioned that the US Treasury could run out of money by October, which is just, you know, a week away. Right? Yeah, so yeah. tell you what, that will be a very exciting time in the markets, perhaps not a positive kind of excitement. Uh, and it'll certainly give us a lot of fodder for this podcast. Double D. Yeah, the <laughs> double D risk. How about that? I lay claim to that copyright right now. Well, with all that said, Hussein, thank you so much for your time and your insights. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be keeping us posted, not just here on Markets Extra, but also on all his written analysis. And you can check that out on our websites. And of course, do subscribe to Markets Extra on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next time, I'm Han Tan for Xenity. Mm-hmm.